Well, life on the farm I kind of laid back Ain't much an old country boy of me can't hack Early to rise, early in the sack I thank God I'm a country boy And I can take you for a ride on my big green tractor <laughs> My tractor sexy Goodbye city life Thank God I'm a country boy Yes, it is our monthly update check-in with Ryan Jenkins Our owner of Jenkins Farms up in Jay, Florida Ryan, welcome back to the Pensacola Morning News, sir Good morning, how are y'all doing? Uh, We're doing great, man So the last time you and I talked uh, You were kind of gave the revelation that Because of the way pricing was set up to work for cotton this year That you were going to do as close to zero cotton as you could manage. And, in fact, it was the first time I think you said that you had ever were thinking about doing no cotton whatsoever and just throwing it all into peanuts, especially after last year's total horrible year and trying to make up some of that ground and dig yourself out of this decade-long ditch that, you know, the pit that last year put you in. Is that still your plan? You still still thinking about 100% no cotton? I've been through three packs of pencils since the last time we talked. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, we're chewing, we're chewing or writing? <laughs> we're still trying to figure it out. Um, nothing has really changed on that. Um, the cotton still is down. Um, you know, the projections just don't look good. The input prices are so high on it. But but it's that way with all the crops. So there's no, uh, even with peanuts being pretty good, it's still not a silver bullet. You know, yeah. they're still just, it's kind of like the cards are stacked against us right now. Now, cotton is, cotton is part of the rotation with peanuts, so it's valuable as part of renewing the soil. Is that right or no? That's very correct. Yeah, okay. the, the, the more cotton we can have planted in between our peanuts, the better our peanuts are going to do. Okay. And how, how many, like how frequently can you plant peanuts? You can get by planting peanuts behind peanuts for a year or two. Your yields are going to suffer some, but you can't do it long-term. You know, long-term they're going to suffer so much that they'll no longer be profitable. So I prefer my, my rotation works best if I can get two to three years of cotton between when I plant peanuts or i can also throw corn in there okay um soybeans i can throw in there as well they're not quite as good a rotation because they share some of the same diseases but uh you know pretty much anything is better than just peanut 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 so when you talk about i mean if i'm I'm, again i'm just doing the math quickly in my head you're you're talking about maybe a half to two-thirds of your land space going from the crop you'd prefer to grow for the purpose of long-term renourishing the soil for the for the peanuts and you're putting it into peanuts again which as you say you can't do long term is going to be reduced yields but i mean this is a major shift for you and if if the more i think about this i was thinking about this in preparation for the interview i've seen your cotton picker i mean it's this huge million dollar machine that you like to say gets driven by a satellite in outer space down to the inch in gps and you know if you're not doing cotton it seems like all of your apparatus for cotton is going to lay fallow, which can't be good for the apparatus. But also, it's not like you just have three extra machines and people laying around to pick extra peanuts all the time either. It seems like massive shifts in logistics here. Am I thinking about this the right way? 
No, you're thinking about it right. And that that's some of what has to be penciled in. And some things are hard to give a monetary value to, even though you know there is one. Yeah. Um, having that equipment there, like you say, in the end, if if it was just as simple as saying this is what I want to do, I would look at the economics of things this year and I'd say, all right, that's it. I'm not going to plant any cotton. But like you're saying, I can't really do that because like you say i have all this equipment sitting there um another thing to look at is i don't have enough equipment to plant all my acres in peanuts if i wanted to i I couldn't do it i couldn't physically get over the acres i couldn't physically get it harvested and then you know something else you have to think about uh as far as infrastructure goes all of our peanut buying points and the and the whole system's kind of set up on doing average of x number of acres a year well you got to know i'm not the only person that's here thinking these same thoughts you know so a lot of the other farmers are thinking they're going to go heavy on peanuts and the infrastructure can't handle it and then on top of that if we do do what we're thinking which you know it's it's going to soften some from what we thought initially we're just going to have to but if we did everybody plant all these peanuts we would flood the market and in years past, when this happens, it usually takes us about three years or so to uh, empty that pipeline to get our prices, our commodity, our peanut prices, back up where they would need to be. So we would we'd be shooting ourselves in the foot in some ways if we did have this great change from cotton yeah. back to peanuts. So you wouldn't even get the result in the end. It's a kind of a, uh, in logic, we call it a prisoner's dilemma, sort of. You've got to you got to figure out what everybody else is going to do and cooperate together to restrain the way you take advantage of the situation, even though you're all eager to do it because you all went through the same pain last year. But if you all do what you're talking about doing, then nobody gets great benefit. And then for several years after this, you're not getting the money back either. I mean, I, I see it. I can see all that. And, and I was even thinking... Again, you always you're the expert. You tell me if I'm wrong. It wasn't just that you don't have the um, uh, the machines necessarily, but you have the extra problem of, uh, unless I misunderstand, you know, peanuts come in during these couple of weeks and cotton comes in during these couple of weeks, and now you, you'd have all the crop coming in around the same time. Which even if you had the equipment and stuff, you're not geared for so much of it to take place all at one time. Is that true? That's right. There, that's what I'm saying. There are so many moving parts in this thing and so many things that are intertwined that it, it, it truly is a difficult decision. Um, you know, if, if, you, if we were in the Midwest where it's basically corn and soybeans and they have the exact same equipment that does both, yeah, it's, it, their, their dilemma would be a lot easier than ours with two specialty crops thrown in the mix. You know, cotton and peanuts are both specialty crops. They require their own set of equipment. Um, and, and it does, you, like you said earlier, you do have to think, all that cotton equipment that you're paying money on, it really needs to pay for itself in some way, shape, or form, and it hurts for it to sit there and not be used. Um, so and I was know, even, there's a lot, lot, lot of ways of looking at it. And I was even thinking about how my first thought was, okay, well, Ryan's got this million dollar cotton picker. Well, he can maybe sublease that to somebody else who's going to be using it this year, but nobody else is going to be growing cotton. And so, you know, even if, even if that were sort of theoretically possible, the ability to offload some of that cost, to externalize it a little bit, um, doesn't really, I would assume is not really there. 
and you have the reverse problem of input prices from getting the equipment you're going to need for the the peanuts. So it's real. I mean, it's just not so easy to turn the whole ship of your all of your fields, right? That's that's correct. It's a very difficult uh, decision. You know, when you ride by during the summertime and you see cotton growing somewhere, or peanuts, or soybeans, or corn, or whatever growing in a field, there was a lot of decision-making that went into that. It didn't just happen that way. You know, it didn't just say, all right, well, I think I'm going to do this here, this here, this here, and this here. There is a lot of a thought that goes into what gets planted where and when it gets planted there. Um, every year, it's, it's, it's a major thing, and that's what we're doing this time of year because we have to, it's time to start applying our lime and our fertilizers and stuff like that and getting the land prepared. Um for our crops so as well as you know it's time it's, it's already late actually to order peanut seed mm. um and cotton seed these things have to be ordered ahead of time they have to be prepared and have treatment put on them and shipped and all that so you know all these things have to happen well ahead of when you actually see them going into the field we're talking to Ryan Jenkins he is our uh, owner of Jenkins Farms up in Jay Florida and a good resource to help us understand the uh, the life of the northern two-thirds of Escambia and Santa Rosa County that most of us in the southern part don't think about too much. I assume, and you mentioned it briefly, but, I, you know, you talk to other farmers and people who are in the peanut co-op and everything else with you. I mean, how is everybody doing this? I mean, it's hard for me to imagine driving through north Santa Rosa County or north Escambia County in the fall and not seeing cotton bales on the side of the road. But is that, I mean, is it pretty much everybody's doing as little cotton as they can? They are, and like I say, it's not going. I doubt that there's anybody that's probably going to literally plant zero acres of cotton. But when it when they're doing their planting and they come to, I could plant cotton or corn or soybeans or peanuts here. Cotton's going to be at the lower the lower end of it. Like I say, people gotcha. are still going to have to have it. It's definitely going to be down, and there's going to be some preference given to peanuts, but. Still, you know, we have, uh, it'll be May, basically, the end of April and all of May and the beginning of June when we're planting. So we still have opportunity for things to change a little bit with the markets. And, and you know, who knows? We're, we're one person sending an email or writing a letter or dropping a bomb away <laughs> from some major change in the in the market, you know. Yeah. Uh, so... Well, what there's we still, need, what we need, is a good Super Bowl ad. We need a good Planters, uh, Snickers. You know, <laughs> we need some Super Bowl ads yeah. to get people to eat more peanuts this year, so that you know you can sell them, you can make them, you can sell them, and you don't have a backlog of surplus peanuts because there aren't enough demand to to run behind it. Uh, we always like to end with a uh, "Did you know?" or a farming fact. You have one for us this week. Yeah, I, I found a card. Alabama Farm Bureau Cotton Association card from my great grandfather from 1925. Oh, cool! So all these problems that we're talking about, they were having then. You know, the last the last sentence on this card says that he is doing his share to abolish speculation and waste and to stabilize world cotton matters. So, so 99 years ago, he wasn't talking to a radio host, radio show host about this. But he was out talking about the same things we're talking about today and trying to make a difference. So I think I think it's pretty neat that those, you know, that even back then we, we think we're having these problems. They've had them, they've had them since the beginning of time. And the, and the fun fact for today is I look back 
uh, kind of 1978 where some of the really good records were that I found. And just for instance, uh, cotton seed cost per acre then in 1978 was about $6 an acre. Cotton seed cost per acre now in 2024 is about $100 an acre. Oof. Wow. Well, I mean, you know, we see and, all, we see all the mansions and Lamborghinis that all the farmers are, are living in and driving, and, you know, it's obviously paying off for you. So. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. There you go. And, well, the, and then the other neat thing is the prices they were getting paid for their cotton is still the same range that we're getting paid for ours today. On dollars that are deflated over time. Yeah, you know, I mean, the, the dollar buys you less, less because of inflation. Oh, you're killing me, man. I, this is why oh. one of the reasons I love having you on is because I want people to know just how difficult the basic operation of an agricultural sector is. And everything depends on you and people like you. And there are not like magic solutions from the sky to make everything just work right. So I appreciate the planning, the thoughtfulness, the diligence, the dedication, the viewing it as a calling. I mean, all that stuff. And plus the historical notes, um, both good and, and, and awful all at the same time. Uh, Ryan Jenkins, he's our, uh, he's our farmer up in Jay, Florida. Ryan, thank you for farming. Thanks for feeding and clothing uh, my kids, man. I appreciate it. Thank you for having us on. I hope you all all have a great week and go buy something made out of cotton and eat something that's got peanuts. Oh, amen, brother.